Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the Internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, These are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Yeah. So without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Miles, we yes. are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a writer, producer, host behind Vogue's Breathless Column, Slut yeah. Ever on Viceland, Stars is Now Apocalypse, and the new podcast, Sanctum Unmasked. Please welcome to this show, Carly Shortino! Carly! <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm honored to be on the pod, honestly. Oh, oh we're no, you honored honor us. to have you. You, you, you honor, honor us, us with your presence. What's yes. good? How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, I just walked my dog. Now I'm sitting here in my house, you know, being a writer. This is what being a writer is, I think. Yeah. Just sitting at home. Just being a slob. Yeah. <laughs> what, part of, what part of the, where are you at? Where, what part of Earth are you coming to us from? I recently moved to Laurel Canyon. Where do you guys live? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, what are your yeah, addresses? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, my address <laughs> is 11201 hey, hey. Kling Street. That's right. I'm right there. Yeah, I'm right there in the valley. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I lived in the valley for a long time. There you I'm go. close. There you go. I'm close. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Yeah, you're right there. I miss, like, yeah. I, I like the big parking lots, you know? Yeah. Yeah, parking is, you know, that's the thing we got. <laughs> we're not fighting over parking spots, and we never have that thing where we're put off by going somewhere in the valley because there's no parking. People are just usually put off by coming to the valley in general, <laughs> right. sadly. But this is my home. <laughs> And Carly, your new show is about a L.A.-based sex club. It's about L.A., about the uh, Sanctum, which is not spelled like like it's pronounced. But, yeah, it's a really, really cool story. Eyes Wide Shut was real there for a number of years, basically. (laughs) Yes. So it's about this sex club called Sanctum, which launched in 2013. And it was this this guy, Damon Lawner, was a million dollars in debt. He watched it's the classic story. He was up late one night, couldn't sleep, watched Eyes Wide Shut. You know, the iconic sex theme, the Illuminati sex party. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Baby did a bad, bad thing. That was in the trailer, I remember, for Eyes Wide Shut. Yes. (laughs) Just that one singular icy piano key is Mm. how I wake my children up in the morning. Let them know the day has begun. Yeah, Yeah, it's he watched that and he was like, that would be cool if that existed. You know, just like all these (laughs) terrifying, powerful men, like wearing masks, sleeping with models and with like weird ominous chanting in the background, like maybe I should make that exist. And then he actually did it. And I mean, at the club's peak in 2016, the most expensive yearly membership was $425,000. So it's just like- got out of debt, got out of that million dollars of debt. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like billionaires and celebrities, like LARPing Game of Thrones, like Blood Oath Initiation Ritual, Sex Party, Beverly Hills, Hollywood- messiness if you're into that (laughs) that's the log line no that's uh, that you got my attention anytime (laughs) it's people larping it's that kind of wild shit it's always interesting to see people like act out whatever weird sordid fantasies they have in their minds and like fully come i mean not and say like and that's great for them i love that for them but yeah when billionaires go larping people get hurt usually (laughs) oh yeah 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 (laughs) We're LARPing uh, this film, The Most Dangerous Game. Would you like to come out to my uh, island <laughs> that I own for the weekend? Yeah. But that's cool. It's a crazy story. We're, we're thrilled to have you. People should go check it out. Uh, what is something from your search history? All right, I'm going to take you guys on a journey here because the search history Whoa. that I have here is the end of my journey. But I want to see if you guys can get there with me. So I'm going to sing you a tune right now, and I want you to tell me if you know it off the top of your head, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby elephant walk. Fucking nailed that shit. Well done. I had that tune stuck in my head the other day. Couldn't remember what it was called. And so, <laughs> Dan, I'm a call fucking Miles. podcaster, okay? <laughs> With nothing to do except no useless shit. Like that song is called Baby Elephant Walk. <laughs> now, now, not to call you out, but Jack, did you know that off the top of your head? No, no, no. I, okay, I no worries. was I was getting there. I was like the first sure. step on a 100 step journey to getting there. And okay. uh, I was not all the way there. No. So here's the here's the journey I took via Google search to find that song. Yeah. Classic honky tonk type songs. Wrong. Honky tonk. Honky tonk. I don't think that, of that as honky tonk. Exactly. Wrong. Yeah. That right. classic song that has flute and horns. Also wrong. Song from Austin Powers was not in that movie. <laughs> so, so now, now here's where I took a logic. I where totally I took a thought it was though. I was there like, yeah, go. that's right. That was in there. Song walking through city. Now in my head, I was like, I feel like walk is in the name of the song or something like that. And yeah. I was right. I was yeah. close, but song walking through city, not helpful. Yeah. And then we get to my actual search Shazam. You can sing into because I was so tired of doing uh, this bullshit that I was like, I just have to solve this by someone telling me what it is. And Shazam is insufficient for that. Now, did you guys know that the Google app will let you sing into it and it will find the song? Wow. So and it I, worked? It worked. I sang into Google and the first thing that came up, Baby Elephant Baby. Walk by Henry Mancini. There it now, is. What humbled me a little bit <laughs> was that it said, Accuracy. And you're a little pitchy, dog. Twelve percent. Twelve percent. I was like, I mean, I appreciate you getting it, but you did not have to drag me like that. Twelve. You're kind of all over the place. You're all over the map here with your pitch. But (laughs) I can tell that this is what you're doing. Just don't do that in front of anybody would be my note. Oh, yeah. My man did the Pink Panther theme, too. Oh, oh, wow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Good call. 
Yeah. So yeah, exactly. uh, Shazam, you can sing into. And gang, if you're like me and you have a tune stuck in your head, just pull up that baby girl Google and sing right into her, and then boom, you got yourself baby a song. elephant Hopefully. walk. Baby elephant walk. You could have just called me, man. You could have just called me, man. You know, I could. You're right. I could have, and maybe that's what I'll do from now on. Instead of singing was, into Google, so they there was a time me. when I like was so into those like just songs like you hear all the time yes. but didn't know what they were called and like I, well, back in the early days of iTunes I had a playlist with all like those like, those songs. Just weird tracks on there yeah yeah and a lot of uh Herb Alpert tracks were on yeah. there too cuz like there's just songs you kind of hear and like wait what is this one what are some of those Herb Alpert like in the Tijuana yeah. Brass like Zorba the Greek yeah. Tijuana Tax I feel like I'm in that uh I think you should leave sketch with yeah. Tim Heidecker where Oh yeah. man with and also T- dude Tijuana the Brass Hit also the high the... note with a crank in it. <laughs> <laughs> also, dude, the the thing that uh, is from uh, Biggie, 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 Hypnotize, Rise, that sample. Uh-huh. Oh. That's Herb Alpert? That's oh, Herb really? Alpert. Yeah, oh, that's okay, Rise. So that's cool. Anyway, I did so not know that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I was really into that kind of stuff. And when you said song with horns in the flute, I said the intro of Tears of a Clown. There, there you go. <laughs> anyway, got Smokey on the brain. What, where is that song from the the baby elephant walk like where where would people have recognized it from? Uh, when I looked it up it was actually in an episode of The Simpsons in the dance and Homer episode yeah mm-hmm. but it was from some it, it, it was um it was written for some movie that I can't remember right now because when I looked it up I saw the Homer thing and I was like that's where I must have remembered it from okay. or Hatari the 1962 film there you go that I undoubtedly have seen hundreds of times no yeah, yeah. I've not yeah, I think I knew it from like The Simpsons and then just it being like throwaway music that people yeah. use for like comedic bits. Exactly. Right. Okay. That and Spanish flea. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know that one. That's like the whole music when they like exactly. to, when like something goes wrong in the show and then they like cut to like we'll be right back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bingo. What is uh what's something you think is overrated? The British monarchy. <laughs> Hell yeah. What? Not on this podcast. We are a monarchist. We are royal watchers. We, we love, love them. King Chuck, I, 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 as we call him. <laughs> I, I, I. The interesting thing is, and I'm asking both of you this because I'm confused. Sure. As far as I know, America fought a bloody war mm-hmm. to separate itself from the British monarchy, but American media, American public is obsessed, obsessed. Yeah. And I don't get it why, because honestly, I mean, monarchy is what? Racism on steroids and people yeah. are still so intrigued by it. Right. Why? why? You just answered your own question. Racism <laughs> on steroids and yeah. out in the open and with fancy stuff. America, America loves racism, uh, loves money and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and loves, yeah. And loves like, just terribly concentrated power in the hands of a very interesting looking group of people. Yeah. But billionaires. They love billionaires who didn't do shit to get their money um, and just pretending yeah. that they did. So it kind yeah. of fits. But yeah. I Oh, okay. Now America's, it makes sense. It's all coming together. Me. <laughs> I think, yeah. And also there's like just this romanticism, I think of like just being like, oh, like, like Americans feel like that's the fancy for like something. I don't know. I, I, I there's like an aspirational aspect to it. I think too, and like yeah. this weird way of feeling like it, it's classy to think that the king, like the monarchy, is cool versus Joe Biden or something. Uh, right. But yeah, it's yeah. to each their own. I mean, I definitely. I, I, I mean, when I think of them, I think of 
I don't know, looters Untold. and thieves. Yeah. And yeah. people who invaded the subcontinent and basically took everything away. So I, I have my colonial hangover. I can't get over that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I think I most... I just can't. Most American people, I mean, I think who are like savvy when it comes to history are like, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, if anything, they taught us how to to be the empire we are today in the United States. And we just uh, iterated on what we learned from the English, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's... Do you think it's, that's a good thing? No. Oh. I'm thinking, <laughs> no. is that a good thing? <laughs> Not at all. It's the worst fucking thing ever. Yeah. And I think it's only... I look at... We were saying yesterday when we looked at a picture of Charles during the coronation, I'm like... If you could like assign uh, like a human scream value to each jewel and piece of gold or fur that adorned yes. his body, how many screams worth of shit was he wearing? Because it has to be in like the trillions. That's what gives him the power, though. And that's... I think I think like for me, that's when I look at those things, all I see is pain. Like I'm like, this is it's like you mined that gold or those emeralds or things like that. No, all this shit's <laughs> stolen. In fact, how many like former colonies are like, we want our shit back. Yeah. But we do. Yeah. Give us our Kohinoor back. Yeah, exactly. It's still, and, is it still like the, the Tower diamond. of London or something? Yeah. Yeah. He does make it all look a few clicks more ridiculous than any king that I've witnessed before. I haven't witnessed that many kings, but like he puts the lie to the whole thing and like just makes the monarchy look bad. So I will say in that respect, I'm glad <laughs> that he's the king because he just <laughs> is like this pouty old man who's just like, I want this my... blasted pen won't yeah. work, Camilla. Like, yes. okay, this blasted yeah. pen? Okay. Yeah. yeah, but I do see this narrative about good monarchs and bad monarchs, and I yes. really don't buy it because anybody who's benefiting from the institution itself yeah. is is part of perpetuating that you know, harmful paradigm. Oh, sure. So I don't give a fuck if it's like a good monarch or bad monarch. They're all monarchs and they yeah. are benefiting from it. Yeah. I mean, Prince Harry, good for him. I mean, I do feel bad for him in some ways, but to be honest, hot take, I don't feel bad for them either. No. Yeah, he's doing all right. He's got that monarch <laughs> guilt creeping in, but uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. It's like the same way of like, you can't be a US president and not be a war criminal. Right. You know what I mean? And it's right. like at the end of the day, we're like, right. oh, what about him? Like, no, also war criminal, actually. Yeah, yeah, look up look up what was done <laughs> under their command. No one gets out of here scot free. What is something you think is underrated? Okay, so this show, I don't know if it's underrated. I just think it's like underappreciated, underwatched. There's this show that I think is the best show on television. It's called Couple Therapy. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, on VH1? On VH1? No, it's on it's on Showtime used so to... Hulu. Oh, there was a VH1 show. It's a reality show called Couples Therapy, I feel like, back in the day. That's when I was like, yeah, that shit was wild. Yeah, 2012 is when that first season came out of that shit. Really? So it's yeah, basically yeah, yeah. that. That's what it is. It's it's couples in therapy. Real couples? And it is, yes, and it is fucking insane. So it's like, you think it will be... It's basically, the way it's shot is... It doesn't feel like a, it's like a documentary, not a reality show, because it's these couples go in, there's a therapist, and it just, for them, they're just walking into a regular therapist's office. All the cameras are hit. They know they're, they've agreed to be filmed, but all the cameras are hidden, like in the wall, in the lamp, in the desk. So they now, the, you know when you can just tell people are aware of the camera and you watch yeah. reality shows? Like these people never interact with a camera in the whole process of filming. So they really do kind of forget. And it's so fucking riveting because you just start to realize like, 
everybody has the same problem. It's like we all have the right. same issues. Every couple is the same. So you kind of feel like you're in therapy, but I've talked to couples who've watched it together and they're like, it's triggering. So I would just say it's <laughs> warning. It's triggering. And we've also never gone to couples therapy. So we're going to avoid this show yeah. to bring any awareness to our relationship. Why would you need to? You got the Showtime show. Couple. My health regimen every day, I lift my leg above my head. I watch one <laughs> episode of couples therapy and I'm good. <laughs> It's every, I bet every single couple's problem is probably reduced down to this people not voicing their needs and then letting that fester and then it manifesting into other issues because of a lack of communication. I feel like that's one of the biggest problems most couples experience for like a lot, you know? Wow. That's well put. Like condensed. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Or, yeah, or like suppressing. And also, I think, like, lack of self-examination for some. So it's like, mm, what is yeah. that quote where it's like, the unexamined... Life is not worth living. Yeah, it's something like, unexamined, it's something like the unexamined, unexamined issues, like, become the puppeteer of your life. That's not what it is, mm. but it's some Jungian quote where it's like, if you don't de- process something, it will actually just control you and you won't realize. Yeah. yeah. Damn. And I think there's a lot of that. Unfortunately, that is not a problem I deal with. The only problem I deal with, I'm always yelling, nothing's wrong, everything's fine. Why does everybody keep asking me that? But <laughs> I'm I'm good over here. So yeah, I'm I don't good. Need, I've been I don't fine. need therapy of any sort. Well, it like it becomes a problem if you dwell on it. That's why I keep telling my mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just back off. That's right. <laughs> if I keep thinking about it, then it is a problem. Don't you see yeah. that? Oh, geez. Just trying to manifest here by ignoring my problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Fox News. Mm. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of crimes that have happened in the past week. You know, Jordan Neely was murdered by a white man and then a mass shooter who was an avowed Nazi with like Nazi tattoos uh, went on a killing spree in Dallas. And the right has chosen to like greet this by saying that it's like unfair that we're talking about it when it happens. Oh, it's this like this really terribly bad faith argument that they're saying like, the libs are reaching by saying the Dallas shooter was a Nazi. That's just that's what they say about everyone. That, oh, my God, everyone's a Nazi. That's just what they say about everyone. But like, sadly, even the most casual look at this person's social media would confirm that he was, in fact, a white supremacist, like Heil Hitlering neo-Nazi and even made a post where he was explaining his own beliefs despite his perceived ethnic identity because many people were like, there's no way someone with a Hispanic last name could be a white supremacist. What are you guys going on about? That's impossible. Mm -hmm. You have to be white to be a white supremacist. Um, And I just, I'll throw some names out for people who are up on, you know, the really gross figures on the right. How about Enrique Tarrio, the head of the Proud Boys? Okay. He's a Cuban American, but he's also a white supremacist. You also have Nick Fuentes, who's also has met up with Donald Trump many times and was courting Kanye West and just like the grossest parts of the internet, white supremacist. So just, it does, it does my head in. Okay. As English say, because first of all, whiteness is a fucking social construct that has shifted over centuries. You know, like you can even look at, uh, there was a thread from this professor. I want, uh, Kathleen Ballou, who even pointed out like how much the race box on the U S census has like shifted over time and how like, it's not just white or whatever. If you go back to 1910, it's just saying like color or race was the box. It said there were no Mm -hmm. other categories or even you in the 1890, it says whether white, black, mulatto, quadroon, octoroon, we don't use these terms at all. Yeah. Chinese, Japanese, or Indian. And over time, these things shift. And so to this idea of like, because this person isn't a like, I guess, you know, the Aryan type of variety of white person is maybe what they're thinking has to. That's the standard to be a quote unquote white supremacist. They're completely missing the point. And I think because most Americans would most likely look at this through a like black or brown versus white lens, Um, whereas like places in South America have very different ideas of what whiteness is or who a person of color is. It's like, are the white people those that descend from the Iberians that colonized the land and the people of color, the indigenous? 
And that's how they began to, you know, separate like on those kinds of racial lines of class, et cetera. And again, you look in Texas and the Southwest in general, the United States, you have a lot of people who have last names that are Hispanic who might not see themselves as people of color. And some might see themselves as just downright Nazis. So at the end of the day, the idea, the ideology kind of like in its current state isn't based on the purest sense of like Aryan supremacy that they're thinking of, of like uh, Hitler's master race kind of thing. But it's just a, it, it attracts people because it's a violent system of power that targets women, Jews, trans people, uh, Muslims, whoever, who is not yeah. outside of like the deemed hegemonic class or whatever. And, you know, the murderer's post confirm all of this. Like he was aligned with all of these beliefs. And his white supremacy is on full display um, through his tattoos. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Like, you could tell that this guy is hardcore white supremacist. And you're absolutely yeah. right about this ideology being internalized by other races as well, especially in America, because it lends itself to approximation to whiteness and mm-hmm. where you stand um in this society because america is obsessed obsessed with race yeah right but won't admit it to themselves um yeah yeah Yeah, of course oh we're past that we're past that but it is wild to see because it's just that they are just telling on themselves that they think of race as a genetic like differentiator and not a social construct used to discriminate and economically exploit people like they are like well he has a last name and because of the one drop rule that we all adopted after the civil war wait we didn't all adopt that that was just (laughs) me and the people in the back room where i make the decisions about the society um right it's fucking wild to your point Saudi, about for all of those you're like i don't know if he's a nazi he couldn't have more nazi tattoos if you'd even yes. tried, I guess he could have had Mein Kampf tatted in its entirety on his body, but right. SS bolts and a swastika, there's no, there's no ambiguity about it. And again, this is just their bad faith argument because they can't really argue anything on the merits because it's all about obscuring the existence of this, like the, the heavy hand of white supremacy that looms over everything in this country. It's like, no, no, that's not how this doesn't exist. So you were saying how this ideology even attracts people of other races and cultures you know, he posted a meme that basically said, like, when you're Hispanic, like, it's like a fork in the road. And on one side, it says act black. And the other said, become a white supremacist. And that just kind of shows you what his entire mm-hmm. worldview is of what your perceived options are, if there is even such an idea of options for how you live your life. But that was his very specific worldview. That was that was the shooter. That was the shooter, yeah, oh, okay. who posted. I actually couldn't tell if that was the shooter or Elon Musk. That's where we're at with Elon <laughs> yeah. Musk no. at this point. No, truly. And I mean, he was also parroting the same thing. I was like, well, I'm not sh-. like, really? Yeah. Like, but again, fine. Like, this is this is why he bought the website to bring even more nonsense and misinformation to the masses and normalize that. But it's really like getting to a point where it's systematic. He's doing it frequently, constantly, and just in the most bad faith way as possible. Yeah, but what's worse is that a lot of people in America will buy into those narratives, whether coming from Republicans or Elon Musk. And that's more problematic than anything else, right? Why are people buying into it yet? Because they want to maintain their racial hierarchy. It's as simple as that. There's nothing Mm -hmm. else to it. Right. I mean, it's oversimplified, but one of the major reasons why people are so hung up on these narratives and they don't want to let go is because they don't want to 
um, give up on their racial hierarchy, whatever form it takes. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, well, at least I have that. You know, I have in a that, world, right? of, yeah, in a world of limited options. Well, at least I have my whiteness, and I can lord that over people and still feel good about myself because I'm in the white head Christian group or whatever it is that's become very attractive to these people recently. Yeah. All right, let's talk about drag queens in the military. Uh, the Navy is, despite, you know, Tom Cruise's best efforts and Top Gun 2, they did a whole Top Gun, which, like, the last time they did it, it saved naval recruitment, like, naval recruitment shot through the roof. This time, the movie was a massive hit, but everyone was like, it was fun to watch. I I'm <laughs> not going to join the Navy now. So, oh. still major sure? slump in recruitment. You see the volleyball? What's that? So did you see the volleyball? Yeah. Still don't want to join? No? Yeah, right. well, I mean, th this one had uh, two-way football, so... Even, oh, even shit, crazy. okay. I think it was yeah, his high-waisted jeans that fucked people up. They were like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> but, so they're they're trying new things. They're doing, like, a social media, like, influencer campaign with active-duty officers, and one of them is a drag queen, uh, Harpy Daniels, that is one of five people tapped to be one of the Navy's new digital ambassadors, which, by the way, not a paying gig. Oh, yeah, no, really. It's just they they get to help the military because uh. it's not, well, you have to understand the military only has more funding than anything in <laughs> America. So we're dealing with how, limited how are they budgets to here for this sort of thing. Yeah, Jesus. But people on the right predictably freaked the fuck out. One of the SEAL Team 6 guys tweeted, I can't believe I fought for this bullshit. This is the same guy who proudly tweeted a photo of himself on a flight with no mask on during the thick of the pandemic with the caption, I'm not a pussy. <laughs> so. uh -huh. Yep. Because science is for that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. That's cool, man. I'm sure you're probably, I'm, I know you haven't spent much time thinking about how the United States military used you in service of yeah. a big, big oil grab over there. But hey. It's all good. You're not a pussy. I get it. I'm not a pussy. I'll kill your grandmother for the right to not be inconvenienced while watching the movie yesterday and eating a bag of tiny <laughs> pretzels. That's how tough I am. Yeah, seriously. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the right people on the right are claiming it will only hurt recruitment because drag queen shows have no place in our military. Hold on. <laughs> I even know that's so far off. Okay, yes. go on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh -huh. A history lesson. There. I mean, we'll, we'll start with more recently. The hugely popular drag show on military bases in 2015, positively reported on by that liberal rag stars and stripes the, mil the internal <laughs> military publication apparently like they couldn't print enough tickets for this show which was six service members gay lesbian and straight wearing heavy makeup to dance and lip sync songs such as i want to dance with somebody it's funny like they're describing like a drag show <laughs> yeah like, they're hearing about it for the first time Six service members donned heavy makeup to dance and lip sync songs. <laughs> With wigs and um, all. <laughs> and different names than their usuals. And and then there's just like a long history of this, like going back to the men wearing, quote, exaggerated feminine attire. Feminine attire dates back to the 1800s in the Navy. Drag shows were a huge part of military culture during World War II. Uh, shows put on by soldiers included girly segments where gruff GIs dressed in tutus while still wearing their army boots. 
There were comedic routines in which soldiers impersonated female stars of the period. And it's not, it's like when you read the writing about it, like the people are, it's not like this is ridiculous. It's funny because it's ridiculous. They're like, they brought a boot, a beauty to the like performances and like we're very skilled. And so it's just, I don't know. It's a, we, we've gone backwards somehow to a place where like you can't appreciate this and any act of inclusivity has to be part of some massive conspiracy that you're not in on, ac- yeah. according to these people. It's just wild to like think of the, like it does, whatever, anything that they see as falling under like the woke umbrella they'll immediately lose their shit over, even if it's something that like already has enough momentum culturally within like the things that they're into, like the fucking military. And still be (laughs) like, oh, no, no, what's this? It's like, yeah, I did drag when I was when I was enlisted, but that was different. Yeah, that was fucking different. Okay, or when my grandfather did it in World War Two, that was because they it was different. It was stressful during wartime. Now, this (laughs) stuff, I don't know, it's just a, a bridge too far. Entertainers were not stigmatized because of their perceived or real sexual identities. Instead, the feminine nature of the illusionists and characterists' acts were held up as beautiful. That is from a feminist work of theory called... Oh, wait, no, that's just from the National World War II Museum. Right. Yeah, that's... It's just... It was... They they weren't fucking assholes at the time, it turns out. There are literally pictures of men in dresses gunning down Nazi planes because they were in the middle of a drag show and got interrupted by a German air raid and had to go out and, you know, man giant guns on the side (laughs) of these fucking warships. Yeah, yeah. People were like, that's pretty cool. Hey, man, that's pretty cool. Hey, that's pretty cool. If only Tom Cruise didn't fuck us over with this latest top gun, (laughs) we wouldn't have to resort to this stuff. I mean, it's just wild, though, too, like, they're in this thing where they're trying to figure out how to get more recruits and they're trying to do things that would seemingly say like, hey, we're in, like, maybe you want to join and don't look into the part where maybe you're going to get caught up in fighting a war, like an empirical war for us. But hey, this is something I don't know. It's just it just baffles me, the the recruitment strategy overall, and also not really understanding that most young people are just not interested in military service as they learn that like, you know, when you come back as a veteran, doesn't seem like the care is too great. And on top of it, like what if, if, if you're end up, you know, a lot of the people that they're looking for are people who are the most financially desperate to end up serving and things like that, that they're just, you know, they're still I don't know. It's just maybe they can attract them with movie stuff. Yeah. Taking care of veterans, that that would be a interesting recruitment tactic. Maybe if it's pitched to them that way, they would actually. Do it. Right. Yeah. Like, well, I've seen, have you seen that one commercial where I think there are people are like these like sort of millennial age people are like around a campfire and like they're talking about how they own homes and it's because they're in the military and they're like, mm-hmm. what? They're like, yeah, because of the military. And like, they're sort of using that sort of carrot on a stick now of like home ownership to, to like inspire enlistment. Many, it, many I mean, different... I know you can go to, I feel like you can go to college, right? That's why historically right. like poorer people have joined the military because you can get a college education. But I don't know how that, I mean, maybe that then leads to home ownership, but I don't know. Most of my friends who have college educations don't own homes. So I don't think it works that way, honestly. Yeah, right. 
I think that's why they're like, see, do it this way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here it is. Here, I'll just play it for you. It's, it's, it's like, it's. So uh, we're getting that house we told you guys about. You're buying a house? Yeah. Soldiers get VA loan guarantees. Yeah, no money down. Well, my office gives us free bagels. <laughs> GoArmy.com. It's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> okay, so it's about loan. It's about, that was a great joke. It's about loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, we can get sick loans, but hey, I get bagels. Uh, Low interest and- loans, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring the Kardashians, of course. And... Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. 
And Bong. so is the year 1989. This summer proves to be the biggest movie summer in years because of the pandemic. Obviously, things my were best year. Pretty quiet. <laughs> Your best so year. So yeah, five got, years old. Wow, yeah. it's killing. I have Batman bike shorts I wear every Oof. day. My Ooh, parents had to like Batman bike shorts is yeah. such a specific vibe. Like that was yeah. like, that was when um Axel Rose started wearing bike shorts as like <laughs> just a thing. Wow. Like t shirt bike shorts. And yep. damn. That I was, was like, well, <laughs> I guess that's okay. <laughs> I had them with Batman logos going all up the side of the leg. I remember my parents like I would ha- I would fall asleep and they would have to take them off of me because I'm like, no, these are my pajamas also. Yeah. And like I just part of me. Anyway. So I think that year did make a mark and the you know brain trusted hollywood has looked at the metrics and we're like we're just going to do that one over again <laughs> because 89 this thing all right yeah mm-hmm. so biggest movie of the year as miles mentioned as miles had on on his child hips on his mm-hmm. child legs batman child so, legs shout out legs so in that in place of batman we are getting the flash a new movie that According to the trailers, is just basically Michael Keaton as Batman mm. again. Like it's full up of like Michael Keaton saying, "I'm Batman." I'm Batman. And, <laughs> like his first line in the movie. Also, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Which I guess is a line from the first one. I forgot that. Oh yeah, N- nuts. Yeah. Also, nuts Bob, is due for a comeback. You. Yeah. Are my number one guy. I remember that. Kid. Wait, but does Michael Keaton say you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Or the Joker does. I think that's I the think Joker line. Yeah. Feels like no, I think Michael he says Keaton. It. Oh, it is Michael Keaton. It. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> He's he, like his Bruce Wayne is a little it's like I I would not want to I guess that's true of all Bruce Bruce's Wayne. But I just a guy I wouldn't want to hang out with. No. Nah. Seems seems like kind Dude, of a, creep. a billionaire with like trauma that's like he could he could just go to maybe a couple therapy sessions Who for collects old weapons. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's coming back. People are like, oh my God, it's amazing. Second biggest movie of nineteen eighty nine was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh this year we have what will, according to Harrison Ford, be the last Indiana Jones movie again. I think he said that about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Ah. Again, they have just wildly missed on the name that they've given it. Like the the first three were all all made sense to me. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, too much. This one, The Dial of Destiny. Does that that do anything for you guys? No, no. That sounds like it sounds like it would do something for a 70 year old person. I was going to say it also sounds like a bad rom-com title. Dial of Destiny. There's one call away. I, I have to. I've I forgot to bring, mention this when you we brought up the Flash movie. There was a, a uh, article that was going around last week because Ezra Miller. You know they got all this fucking legal trouble and like all these allegations yeah. that we've heard mm-hmm. constantly about, and we've seen it on video ourselves of if this person just acting wild in public, truly wild. The fucking <laughs> the production designer of the film said that. The film. Oh, hold on. I just have to. I just have to find this. This book. shit. How do you? How do you even come out and say this? How basically, do you say this? Basically, said that the film is looks so good that quote people will forget their like this that they, uh, they will forget their history of abuse because the movie wow. looks so lit. How do you throw yourself under the bus? Like, what is the point of falling on someone else's sword to be like, no, 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 it's chill. All that bad shit they did, you're gonna yeah. forget about that. Yeah. What is the point? When, 
Because people were just asking, they in this article, in this interview with the CBC, uh, this guy Paul Osterberry said, Osterberry says he's not too concerned about how the story surrounding Miller will affect the film. People will forget that. <laughs> <laughs> this film could star Woody Allen, and everyone would still go because that's, that's how, how good it looks. That's, that's how, how good, good the is. production design was. That's wild. Yeah. That's so, anyways, wild. we got Dial of Destiny, which. I, I'm pretty sure The Last Crusade was billed as like the last Indiana Jones movie. Mm. So yeah. they're doing the exact same move as they did in 1989. Also coming out, The Little Mermaid, Disney's remake of a movie that came out in right. fall of okay. 1989. Right. And right. what, like, if the previous live action remakes of Disney films have taught us anything, it's that they will not be adding much no. to this. Like, they don't change <laughs> no. a whole lot. This Nothing. is just a skinning of like the original film with live actors and and better performers i think i think we're gonna get some good i mean the performances yeah, yeah. out of it will be better the performers, but yeah, at the end of the day you're not having to do much lifting creatively because you're like yeah that that script yeah. we already own and just in terms of a straight straight up transposition of what was happening in 1989 they're really they're really doing it right. if i if i have been on record on the show talking about my disdain for live action remakes of disney movies because i know that we have talked about this in the office for years that basically guy. since the jungle book and lion king you just and i know and i jack i know you i mean well i'm not gonna put you on the spot and say you share this level of disdain but i know that you too have observed you just cannot make these animal faces do what a Disney movie does <laughs> in animation. You just you cannot. Right. You, you cannot and you may not. And you may not. And you may not. That's why <laughs> people are so mad about Flounder. Yeah. And they're, we've they're been like, talking about Flounder and Sebastian since they announced this. I've been like, like, first of all, like it didn't work in The Lion King. Nope. And those are beautiful animals. Yes. Undersea <laughs> creatures are ugly and terrifying. Weird. Looking. And they are supposed to, like, they're cute in the original movie, but, like, Flounder looks really I mean, he looked scary. like a motherfucking Flounder. Yes. He looks, yeah, Flounder, which, by the way, like, actual Flounders <sighs> have their eyes on the, yeah, eyes on the side, side of their face. So yeah. what is even, so, what, what is this even? It's a tropical fish of some sort, some, but. Something. Tropical of some sort. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. It's, like, what if instead of the original round, cute-faced cartoon character, it was like a. A fish skeleton mixed with like Pete Davidson, like feels like <laughs> there you go. What what they've gone with, right? I'm just never. I'm I you know I am. I'll say this like you know happy for Halle Bailey like getting out there and becoming the star, even a bigger star than she already is. Like this is yeah, of course totally. a huge moment for her. We will see some awesome. The music that will come out of this will be amazing, much like the Lion King. The music coming out of that was amazing, but just stop it with the animals like what are you what is i don't like I, we can you can't do if it we do just no one like i wouldn't care if flounder looked all cute in the live action version like nope. that's a weird that's the one thing i feel like people are like yo find, we didn't need to be that real find find the nemo. cutest face finding nemo that shit just yeah. it's okay if it's a little pixar -y. just you uh, you you own and that also, do it Nobody's out here being like, man, mermaids is real. This is not how they would be interacting with the, the undersea life. Fuck out of here, man. Like, I'm fine with the, the mermaids. But don't freak. Don't, I don't want to look like I'm seeing some shit that washed up on the Santa Monica beach. True. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Truly. this flounder, look, he looks busted. busted. He looks like he's got a problem. They say he looked yeah. like Steve Buscemi, I think is what they're saying on Twitter. There are cuter. Like, with flounder, I was like, maybe they'll find, you know. 
as Katie Golden has pointed out on Twitter, there are cute fish. Like there are parrot yes. fish that yeah. as long as you're not too freaked out by the fact that they have a set of human teeth up front, which, you know, takes a little while to get over. But they they're goofy. They they yeah. do fun stuff like they're But they were just like, nope, uh-uh. yeah. it's going to look like they've look seen like shit. some shit. They're going to make it look like Flounder has seen some dark shit. And, oh, yeah. And also, in my in my own fear of not giving people enough credit, like the 3D animators who are given these jobs to work on these specific things obviously sure. do incredible work. And the shit yes. looks awesome, but it is a effort completely in vain in that you are trying to recreate an emotion that is incapturable in a <laughs> right. 3D animated space when yeah. you're trying to make something look re quote unquote real. You just can't that do it. And that's smile. the whole point. That was the whole point of Disney movies in the first place. To Flounder, them... they had options. Sebastian was a no-win, by the way. Uh, they, of, you can't a, a make total no-win. <laughs> crabs. Crabs? I've never looked anything like Other something than... that's not a bug. A no. sea bug. No. Yeah. yeah. Sea spider. Well, and is Sebastian going to rip his own arm off? No. But that's what they do. Right. Yeah, yeah, they do. When they're, in a, when they're in a bit of a spot, you know what I mean? I, that's what I want to Grow that shit that, back. Grow that shit back. Give me that. That, I will forgive it if, if Sebastian rips his own arm off in the movie. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> Terrify some children. Teach these. Teach them about arthropods. <laughs> so uh, up to this point, you might be saying, all right, guys, but it, like these are huge movies and like it takes, you know, nostalgia has a cycle. Mm, uh, yeah. Ghostbusters 2 came out in June of 89. Uh -huh. And later this year, I didn't know this, we're getting the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. They're oh. doing a sequel to that. And... It, and this sequel takes them to New York City. <laughs> so they're really <laughs> back, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. shit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's also the new Ninja Turtles animated movie, which yeah. even though the original Ninja Turtles movie didn't come out until 90, like 89 was the year of full-blown oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Ninja Turtles. Mm. Like th this was when the serial was introduced, the <sighs> TV show, the video games. By the way, this detail uh, on the Ninja Turtles cereal, I had forgotten. The cereal was described on the box as crunchy sweetened Ninja Nets with Ninja Turtle marshmallows. Pizza-shaped marshmallows were later added. The Ninja Net cereal pieces looked suspiciously similar to Chex cereal. <laughs> so they were just like, oh, uh, where, where, yeah, where, these where? are Ninja Nets. You know. Yeah. You know how so one funny. of the Ninja Turtles has a net with them at all times? Yep. Do this? Classic. No, it's not any. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I love that marketing person. Be like, well, obviously, we're just making this with loose checks and we're adding our own marshmallows. Like, what the yeah. fuck are we going to call these? They uh, could have just gone Wheaties and talked about the similarity between Wheaties and like turtle food, you know? Right, like, right, right. Flaky, the, that flaky like fish turtle food. There's also on TV in 2023, we're getting, well, Roseanne is already here, mm -hmm. Quantum Leap is here doogie hauser dropping the second season was doogie hauser 89 i think so yeah wow is it who's the boss reboot in the works baywatch remake that nobody asked for even matlock is coming back matlock really yeah aren't the old all, uh, uh, well i don't know with i'll be morbid Kathy but Bates. like isn't anybody like, who watched matlock probably you know not with us anymore 
I'm still here, whoa, man. That's whoa, what I've been saying whoa. for years. <laughs> Matlock whoa. fans, we Hold are on, still here. Hold Do on. not erase Dan, us. Hey, no Don't, you're going to be on a watch list because Joe Biden <laughs> is still our president. Facts. Okay, yes. Yeah, favorite my bad, my bad. show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he's facts, still facts. here. No, you ain't wrong. Yeah. You ain't wrong. <laughs> and like even like the reuniting of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck was about like the invention of the Air Jordan, which was, you know, probably hitting its original peak popularity in like 89 it's it's just I mean, yeah we're we're stuck it's fine it, it is it's what what it is did but you guys see air i did miles no nah, i heard michael jordan wasn't in it so i said fuck that yeah he, is, he has one quote unquote one line where he says hello i loved it i loved air i thought it was great jack did you i did not damn did not care for i remember it. him saying interesting I remember saying this last week I wanted to like it. So iron this out. Iron this out right now. Yeah. I wanna, what, 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 what didn't you like about it? Because I'm totally, I mean, obviously, I'm completely open to that. And you know, and but we know how toxic you can get when we start debating movies. Dan. Oh, I get toxic. Yeah. <laughs> take a breath first. Take a breath first. <laughs> <laughs> we know you. We know it, you. Um, it just, I don't know. It felt thin to me. Okay. Like it opened with a montage of like 80s nostalgia that just felt like it could have been on. Like, we, we, like all the so needle extra. drops were just like so mm-hmm. down the middle. Eighties mm-hmm. hit songs, mm-hmm. the characters, very Watchmen movie. Yeah, like the 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 speech, the climactic speech that Matt Damon gives to Michael Jordan, like didn't really. I don't know. It just didn't resonate with me as somebody who's like, okay, you have Michael Jordan about like the way that he discovers he's great is by watching and rewatching the tape of him hitting the game-winning shot mm-hmm. in the championship game, and then, like, that's the only footage. Like, what, what, did they only license a single piece of footage of Michael Jordan <laughs> playing? Because Well, they wasted like, all that money on licensing all those songs, so it's kind of right. like, <laughs> they had to go, it, where was it going to be? <laughs> I don't know. They, they, it just felt like there was not... It's, it, I think it's par- partially, like, as a person who grew up around basketball mm-hmm. and who, like, I don't know, like has like read books about like Jordan and what makes him different and stuff like that. Right. It just felt shallow reductive. and kind of reductive. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I think that is a completely fair take. Yeah. I oh, think, you were going to say, okay. What? I think like that's some old head ass take. No, <laughs> I mean, I think, that, I oh, okay. think it's completely fair because honestly, one of my favorite things about it is that it's short. <laughs> I, it love is, that it's, yeah. I love that okay. it's quick because the whole thing that, is, my thing about the movie is that if you go into that movie, I don't think there's anybody who's watching that movie unless you're like Jack and someone who has grown up with basketball or is intimately NBA familiar. Brained. Yeah, exactly. Or it's just intimately familiar with like listen to Miles how, Jack on my boosties. There you go. Shout out Miles Jack on my boosties. But like intimately familiar with the I don't know, the shoe game of any time before the nineties. It's like yeah. your association with Michael Jordan is probably like entwined with Nike. Like you probably don't even see Mike you don't you don't think of Michael with any other shoe, period. So yeah. if you're watching that movie, you're thinking about that or like getting to the end, like, well, I mean, I know what's going to happen. Like, what what is there even? I to know who this me? guy is. Exactly. Right. I know who this guy is. What is even what is even the point of this? So the fact that it was so kind of like short and to the point and just I, I mean, I, you know, if I'm being real, I mean, Phil Knight and some of his business practices, I think, are, of course, deplorable and political giving practices. (laughs) Yeah, but they use like the Nike 
mottos, like the core mottos that like he has up on his wall of right. like jobs not done till it's done and like right. all this stuff. They use that as like they they cut to that mm-hmm. as like little chirons that they like mm-hmm. show you in between scenes. And I don't know, it just felt like spiritually empty to me mm. to like tell this story about it's like, wow, Nike almost didn't become the massive international behemoth that is doing damage all over the place. When it already was. (laughs) Right. It's just that it didn't become even bigger. (laughs) So is the movie, but so Jack, the movie good on an airplane? Good airplane? I think it would be a good airplane watch. I also think I might watch it again with my wife and be like, oh, I actually enjoyed this. You know, it was just, I think 90% of my movie takes are like, yeah, I just wasn't like in a great mood. Wasn't like feeling that movie at that time. You know, I will tell you, we've come full circle on this take. I like it. Yeah. I will say that one of my least favorite things about the show, The Bear, is how much they're constantly like, Chicago, (laughs) this is (laughs) Chicago. And the beginning of the, of air, I was watching it just like, do you have to hammer this so hard to make the point? Because it's not like the rest of the movie isn't trying to hammer that point home the entire time. It's like yeah. at no point you're like, I wonder what time this movie set in. Miles, there's like a montage with people like doing Rubik's Cubes. It's and really playing oh, like Atari off. games. It's and too shit. long. It is too long and too just it. like. Well, you know, because you know what it is? It's It's not. I think in the end, it's not. It's like for us, but not really. Yes. Because yeah. we were there, dude. I don't need this fucking recap, but I'm sure for like younger people who would see it, would right. be like, what the, wow, what is, what was this time? And I, th- I think world? that's, I, th- I almost want to say like, that is what I feel like studio notes do to a movie. Because yeah. like, I feel the same way about like any show that's about video games or something. You're watching the show yeah. and it's just like, this is annoyingly what is this video game exactly this is annoyingly (laughs) hitting the hammer on the head it's like yeah yeah, i've heard a pac-man thank you right (laughs) yeah i don't know i because like i like the social network despite the fact that like i'm you know i don't think facebook is cool you love so like the fact that i like watched this and like wasn't on board with like loving phil knight and (laughs) sonny vaccaro like that i've i've done that before i've liked it before it was just like something just felt like pat and sort of lazy about it to me but i mean look this is our time because clearly if this feels all with all this stuff coming back around i mean it's like it's like partial studio and network laziness and the other Mm -hmm. part is like more millennial aged people probably influencing things too like telling someone like you know that shit would you know that shit would go (laughs) <laughs> Although they should be hiring us because we we got some real ideas over here. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also this, my take, like as far as film, like the film industry is concerned is objectively wrong. The Like it got an A cinema score. Everybody seems to really love this movie except for me. So I'm not. And I've listened to like even the people from like Blank Check and yeah. the flagrant ones, like all those people like this movie. So I just, I don't know. Hey, look, Jack. That's fine. That's me. what you, you as an individual. Are, that's what. Yeah. That's what. That's how you took it. That's how it goes. No, I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> wow. I shouldn't. It, it no reveals Jack. something bad about me. No chance. Um, so well, then if you're bad, then I'm Wesley Snipes. Hey. hey. Um. You think you're bad? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. When are they going to remake Again, from the my bad old heads? I had to put that. I had to put that shit out there. <laughs>
Who, who directed that? Was that who directed the bad video? I feel like it was Scorsese or something like that. Uh, it was yeah, Scorsese. Scorsese <laughs> directed the bad video. Wow, <laughs> holy shit, that's crazy. That was eighty seven. Eighty seven. Wow, what a time to be alive. What a time. Well, Miles, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank I mean, you so much for having me. Yeah, Miles, such a pleasure. <laughs> oh, yeah, Miles, thanks for being on the show. Today. show. Appreciate it. Yeah, that. you can find him. Daniel, thanks for showing up. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye. gang you like to watch new stuff right i mean who doesn't i do well go to hulu and see what's new because hulu has new stuff all the time like vanderpump villa the new docudrama starring lisa vanderpump where first class luxury meets world class drama a new season of the kardashians starring the kardashians of course and grand cayman secrets in paradise the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical caribbean it's streaming now and it's waiting for you on hulu Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.